it's 2021, and you're listening to W207, Terminally Chill, Chill, Chill. Hey guys, welcome back to Terminally Chill Podcast. My name is Matthew. And I'm Hunter. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy <laughs> an hour or so of uh, beautiful, mouth thoughtful discussion. Oh, mouth sounds. Mouth sounds <laughs> coming through my mouth. Have you ever had a podcast ruined for you because of mouth sounds? No, I think most people edit them out, right? I assume they do. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of low-effort podcasts that don't, but we're not one of those. There's like a bell curve, okay? Because there's low-effort, low-quality podcasts that have um, a lot of mouth sounds because if they don't edit or because they just, I don't know, they don't edit it well enough. Like, there's a podcast I used to listen to about history and, like, church history. Mm-hmm. But I stopped because the host couldn't help but go, after just about every sentence, that, I think that beats the audio. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, we'll figure it out. But um, that was pretty awful, and I stopped listening after that. Oh, but it's funny. Let me let me finish. Uh, actually, my bell curve analysis because then oh, there's yes. the the middle of the bell curve, the average podcast, which is you know higher quality than the bare minimum, and they're trying harder. So that's the sweet spot because they edit out the mouth sounds, or they don't have microphones that are good enough to pick them up. Mm. And then when you get to like really high quality podcasting, sometimes you have those podcasts where their mics are really good microphones and all you hear is just like the back of their mouth as they're talking. It's disgusting. Yeah. What's well, funny, we don't make that many mouth sounds and I know because of the editing, but when one of us pauses for a while and then starts talking, there's a mouth sound but they are usually independent and can get edited out, which is nice. Um, mouth sounds are horrible, and I hate them. Mouth sounds or pet sounds? Um, <laughs> our new album, Mouth Sounds, coming out <laughs> 2021. <laughs> tribute to the Beach Boys. <laughs> um, it's pet sounds, but acapella. Boom. Right. Oh. Yeah, there you go. That's that- good. Yeah, it would be terrible. Um, it's just like, okay, so I can handle eating mouth sounds because usually I'm eating at the same time. Mm-hmm. But if someone's eating alone next to me, I'm like, eh, not a fan of this. Don't yeah, eating mouth sounds I have very low tolerance for, which is funny because I think I produce them at a pretty high clip. So sorry to people who have to be near me eating, but that's I, life. You know, life is when you learn that literally everyone eats loud and it's unavoidable. Yep. That's how it works. Well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of acapella covers of Beach Boys hit albums, it's the 20s. Oh, are you one of those? That's when the Beach Boys were around. Are you one of those, the decade ends with 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 the zero year? No, but I think in this case, 2020 was a continuation of 2019. Gotcha. Because it's been the same year forever and nothing has happened sure 
Is there any so, way to prove that we weren't born in 2020 and like all of our life prior to this is like a simulation or an no. implanted memory? That's cool. I hate to be the guy to send this episode into a Wikipedia page so early, uh, but it's called Last Thursdayism. And it's it's one of those fun things. It's like, oh, why can't you prove that everything was invented last Thursday? Because you could just have all your memories and everything implanted and all that jazz. See, I love these theories that people plant um, and put forward because, one, they're stupid. And uh, two, they're not worth thinking about. So, Well, they are kind of fun. But the thing about Last Thursdayism and the stuff like it is that, like, you can't empirically test that in any way and there's no positive evidence for that sort of thing. So like I probably overreacted. I think there, you know, sometimes it can be fun to imagine like simulation theory to think about it. Yeah. But like there's really nothing going for I don't see any reason to actually believe that. No, it makes for some compelling media if it's done well. I'm thinking of like the Truman Show, which is a movie that I've seen. Mm, I don't wow. know if you're familiar. You've seen movies? Uh, a few. Mm, all right. Have you seen Truman Show? Yeah. I okay. watched Truman Show in religion class. I watched it in like high school. eighth grade science class, and I don't know why. Well, but... Isn't it obvious? Because that's science, baby. It's a documentary. Yeah, of course. Uh, for those unfamiliar, really I'm going to spoil it for you. It's been out forever. The premise is just that man live in big dome, but think it world. Okay, well, hold on. I, <laughs> I don't think anyone understands the plot after you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. A guy is being filmed 24-7 as part of a TV show, and it's an entirely fabricated reality that he's living in. And everyone that he thinks is his friend is a paid actor. And he thinks he's living in normal world. Also known as a paranoia I have every once in a while. Yeah. Well, it's good to be compensated for your friendship by the federal government. I don't think I live in a TV show, to be clear. (laughs) (laughs) You're the protagonist, baby. But I do think all my friends are paid actors. <laughs> That's much like more benign than the like paid crisis actor extremist conspiracy theorist. Oh yeah, that's true. Can you imagine like Alex Jones, but his whole bit is that like his friends were paid to, are paid actors. Everybody, everybody, listen. I went to a I went to a barbecue in my neighborhood. I think Steve down the street. He's being paid by the federal government to spy on me. Folks, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out here today, but the most important one by far is the fact that all of my neighbors, sometimes I just feel like they're watching me and there's nothing I can do about it. And every once in a while, I talk to them and they tell me that their so-called job sends them a check every two weeks. And I can't help but think... Excuse me. They spend a lot of time with me. And they seem to care a whole lot about the things I have to say. My family. My children. They say the things people like, around me. Hey, Alex. How are your kids? Are you having a good weekend, buddy? 
and I just have to think <laughs> what kind of harebrained psychopath would say something like that to a man like me. That's an incredible impersonation, by the way. <laughs> like, I don't have very many voices that I'm like proud of. Uh, <laughs> I have spent a good amount of time on the Alex Jones one. <laughs> oh, is that is that your shower accent? You know no, what I mean? No, I don't. I don't. I don't do that in the shower. That's Scottish, uh, which oh, is not sure. very good. But I think there's two times. <laughs> just like... There's two times that I practice accents. It's in the shower and when I'm driving somewhere with the radio off, and I'm just <laughs> alone talking out loud to myself like, like a crazy person in doing right. various accents. Oh, that's a good time to do it. I. I don't think I really practice the accents. I just like get put in situations. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny to try this one? And then I try it. And if it sucks, people laugh. And if it's funny, people laugh. So really a win-win. I just get stage fright when people ask me to do an accent. And then I can't oh, yeah. do the accent anymore. <laughs> like you I get it to... perfectly. And then I try yeah. to do it in front of people. And it's like, no, nah, that sucked. You have like 20 milliseconds when someone's like, do the voice to just like override your brain signals and be like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And because otherwise you're going to be like, Oh, I, I, I can't. And then you're going to overthink it. And it's going to come out sounded like, you know, you're trying to do Shrek, but it comes out Kermit the frog. <laughs> hey guys. Hey everybody. <laughs> let's, um, Hey folks, it's let's... me. Shrek. <laughs> Donkey. <laughs> Donkey. Get out of have layers. Get out of my swamp. <laughs> Frogs also live in swamps, you know. So, a fun fact. No, I think something we should normalize is when you ask someone to do an accent, you need to give them a prompt too. You need to say like, you need a voice line. Yeah. Uh, do the Braveheart voice, and he's ordering Taco Bell. You yeah. Know? Well, it's good to have. A, a phrase to fall back on to because when I've like been called upon to do my Scottish one um, I always start with donkey ogres have layers because <laughs> you good, get yeah. a lot of the vocal pieces there and it's like oh mm -hmm. that's familiar I know how that sounds and then I can just go into whatever I need to mm -hmm. yeah um, I just remember one time I did a very good Donald Trump impression on a trip and everyone said, Oh, please do it again for the trip video. And I said, Nope, <laughs> like, no, never. <laughs> I tried my hardest to do it and I just couldn't. So yeah, they, they just didn't include it. <laughs> That's fair. I think accents are one of those things. Well, I guess it's accents and also like impersonations. I didn't really have a grasp on like doing voices or anything, but I feel like for whatever reason, when Obama was elected, everyone was trying to do an Obama impersonation. Which I was pretty good at. I'll I'll say it. Yours is not bad. I'm not going to make you do it live on air, obviously. No, thank you. But I have no skill in that. I had no desire to do that. Obama's ac uh, accent is all about inflection. It's 100%. Right. And it's you can tell the people who have actually listened and pay attention because you have to do the pausing correctly. You mm -hmm. have to be on beat. You have to you, know? you have to throw in just the right amount of uh, yeah, that's a critical element. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like jokes. That's why we're here. I like funnies. Have I, did I tell the story about um my brief stints in theater as a child on the podcast? I don't think so. It just made me think of this because when I was a kid, 
I was able to do British accents pretty well. Um, you still can. I lost it and then I kind of refound it. But when I was a kid, specifically, I was able to do like um, what I would call the Harry Potter English accent, which is like the most, you know, like stereotypical sounding English sure. accent. But that almost. <laughs> I Okay, so as a child, I was frightfully shy. Horrible stage fright. Never wanted to be in front mm-hmm. of people. And there was a school play that I got, like, roped into doing, which was mm-hmm. 101 Dalmatians. And they wanted me to do the lead because I was the only kid who could do a British accent. <laughs> and I literally, I was standing in the room with all the people there, like the, uh, what'd you call them, theater teachers, directors? directors? Yeah, I don't know. And they were like, please please do the lead and i was like no you will never get me to sing in front of people that's not happening um yeah and i ended up having a one-line part (laughs) i was like the dog catcher and i had two lines and that was it that is fantastic how old were you probably 10 nine that is fair nine or ten i had one more semi-brush with uh with acting fame when i was in fifth grade our elementary school did a nativity-themed Christmas musical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea was that it was a couple days after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And it was like a courtroom mm-hmm. drama about the nativity where they were bringing in witnesses and stuff like that to uh, oh my. try to parse out the events of what happened. Um including the three wise men having a little rap section, which was uh, awkward for fifth graders. But anyway, this just keeps sounding worse, but I'm going to let you continue. So we had like an open tryouts thing in our theater class. And the role of the innkeeper was what we were auditioning for. And I remember just sitting there watching all these kids go around the room and do the line, the one line, which was, I'm innocent, I tell you innocent oh whoa whoa is me and all of them had that affectation Uh, so you know i was like all right let me show you how it's done i decided i wanted to show off as a uh as an actor and i really worked up those fake tears and got that thing going and then the teacher said oh cool so you want the part and i said no absolutely not but it ended up in the play anyway that's my my sad brush with fame because it was horrible and it was awkward and i hate theater no okay i don't like being involved in theater i'll say it (laughs) i mean i have theater opinions but i acknowledge that i'm just like a moron on the internet so (laughs) yeah theater was never for me is how i'll put it sure very fair i uh i did a fair bit of acting never good but in fourth grade because of my talent and stunning good looks uh, i played the male lead in the musical we put on and it was also great because my character for most of the thing was speaking from a podium so i literally just brought my script and put it on the podium uh, and like half read off it which was super um very very low effort, maximum reward, my um, style. So you were actually in good company with that because um, 
Marlon Brando in The Godfather literally had a cast member write his lines on their jacket and read them. I think he had like cue cards in like one of the most celebrated movies of all time. So that's beautiful. You know, you, you stand in company, but please me continue. and Marlon Brando. I, when I was in middle school, we had like Shakespeare competition things that people could sign up to do. And you would like either memorize a monologue or a scene with some other people. And then we would like go downtown I think this is one of the gifted kid things, which was stupid because it should have been open to everyone. But you'd go downtown to like the big public theater and you would like stand on stage. And it was technically a competition, but like we were all just kind of there to try it out and see if we could memorize and recite. So that was fun. I don't remember literally anything from any of the like four monologues I did. But at one point I had some Shakespeare memorized. So that's cool. Were you, so like, yeah, you, you say you were acting. Were you like big into theater as a, like a. No. Did you ever like, per, like continue doing it in like middle or high school or anything? Like that? No. Okay. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think a lot of kids, young kids end up getting kind of shunted into like theater things. And I don't know what the root cause of that is. Yeah, and it wasn't like I was opposed to theater. I just didn't – I think I was a little afraid, and I didn't want to – I definitely didn't want to sing in front of people. Oh, no, that's horrible. Um, yeah, well, that's why I was a lot happier doing the Shakespeare stuff because, you know, there weren't any songs in Shakespeare. Mm. Please don't fact check me on that. <laughs> I'm just assuming. Shakespeare the musical. Uh, I've only read like four plays. <laughs> Someone, they've done that. There's a Shakespeare musical. What's it called? Something Rotten. Oh, that's right. Something Rotten is kind of about Shakespeare. I know that because for whatever reason, I have dated multiple theater girls. So I was immersed in that world by relationship for a while. So I have been, and I like going to the theater every so often, but not like all the time. Sure. And I think I prefer plays to musicals, to be perfectly honest. That's my spicy take about theater stuff. Most musicals are not good. My spicy musical take is that I think musicals are better as movies than they are as stage productions. I think it depends a lot. I will say it's really cool to like sit really close to a production. Sure. No, see it. you know, I haven't really thought that take through, so I'm going <laughs> to end up firing them off on it. I know I'm going to end up like regretting this statement. Yeah. I'm going to cancel you for that one. Um, it is really cool to sit up close and feel like somewhat immersed in things. Uh, especially like we have college kids that listen to this. Almost every like theater has a super cheap college kids tickets program because they want you to see things the amount of times in like very very fancy award-winning theaters i got like eight throwback tickets for 10 bucks in college was stupid go see plays even if you don't like them you will probably enjoy them the thing about musicals is that for most of them you have to be willing to like suspend your judgment of I don't want to say cringiness. Maybe cheesiness is the right word. Mm -hmm. Because like 
it's <laughs> it's fundamentally a silly thing to mm. like be doing a very serious production and then have people burst into song or even doing a silly production and then have people burst into song mm-hmm. and then like go back to normal it's like it's cheesy you I have to be able to get yourself in the right headspace i i'm sure like more people who actually know what they're talking about when it comes to musical theater would be able to tell me if I'm wrong. But like, I can't think of off the top of my head, any musicals that don't just like play it with zero irony, like pure sincerity. I think that leads to a lot of the cheesiness. Do you know what I mean? You're saying that there aren't any musicals that like are willing to be ironic or like understand the situation that they are in as a musical. I don't think that never happens, but I think like a lot of times, like I think the cheesiness comes from this just like like overflowing of sincerity, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I think a lot more modern musicals are less that way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of them lean into being cheesy and some of them are just painfully unaware and are like, it also doesn't help the theater kids are huge dorks. And I say that with immense love in my heart for theater kids but they are dorks and you have to accept some of the stuff that comes with that the other big gripe i have is that like there are maybe two or three songs from musicals that i would listen to like on their own outside of the musical and be like oh this is a pretty good song that might be spicy i'm sorry if anyone probably like more than half our fans are like super into at least one musical soundtrack. So I apologize in advance. I just can't do it. Maybe we shouldn't talk about musicals if we don't know anything about them. That hasn't stopped us for like the past 16 topics. That's true. We made it all this way. Might as well keep going in our ignorance. Right. Hey, what do you you want to talk about next? Uh, (laughs) Theoretical physics. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> we have some hot opinions about, I don't know, gravity. Gravity uh, doesn't exist, maybe. Ever. <laughs> Get a grip, guys. Uh, you know why we go down? Why do we go down? <laughs> because an angel pins us to the, I don't know. Just, just let me have my theories, okay? I don't <laughs> want to hear about this gravity nonsense. <laughs> the old angel arm bar mm-hmm. that keeps me from jumping 12 <laughs> feet in the air to dunk a basketball. Unbelievable. No, I will say, if you're able to get yourself in that mental state, and the more irony poisoned you are, the harder it is to do. True. But if you're able to put yourself in that mental state where you can accept radical sincerity for a while, mm. I also think there's an interesting parallel here in <laughs> your own personal spiritual life, but I'll leave that to the experts. Are you saying if that you plays can accept- are, for, are, are for trads and uh, musicals are for charismatics? Yes. <laughs> okay. And I I lean harder into trad world in uh, the theater realm than I do in the spiritual realm. Gotcha. I got to see a like 20th anniversary production of Rent, which was really cool. I enjoyed Newsies. I thought that was cute. That's probably it, but, you know. I saw Cats. How was that? I have like no read on what Cats actually is. It's weird. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of cats. There's a lot of a lot of guys dressed like cats, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> It's it's something. Yeah. It's, it's a musical. Hey, I'll tell you what. I really enjoy getting to see Shakespeare stuff on stage. Mm. Because even though like 
especially the ones that are like faithful to the original text and like literally just use those lines mm -hmm. for the most part because even if you don't fully get what's what they're saying you like know what's going on because of context clues so it's cool to see that instead of <laughs> this alex jones voice is killing my throat yeah i'm in there too <laughs> Shakespeare, uh, it's, okay. It's cool to see like how they were supposed to be performed. Shakespeare, not overrated. I know it's no not... Shakespeare <laughs> underrated. Yeah, weirdly enough. Uh, I'll say the, the pillar of Western literature, Shakespeare, underrated. Is, uh, underrated. Underrated in the same way that like people who are in high school and read like The Great Gatsby or uh, Catcher in the Rye are like, man, this sucks. Um. Yeah, but Gatsby does kind of suck. <laughs> I mean, wrong, oh, no, dude. very wrong. Dude, Gatsby's Gatsby nah, is dude. like Avatar levels of hitting you over the head with the theme, man. <laughs> uh uh, uh uh. It's so. Yeah, I mean, the they could have done without the giant billboard eye, but <laughs> I just love it. They're driving through New York and they see a giant billboard with eyeballs on it, and they say, "Huh, that's watching over us like the eyes of God," and they keep driving. <laughs> I know, but like, here's the thing. I shouldn't have started this by railing on musicals for being too sincere because I have a deep love in my heart for books that do this. <laughs> I'm a very complicated man, all right? I'll back down from any take if you bully me enough or say literally one mean thing about it. Defend Gatsby, um, please. Defend Gatsby, yeah. which has the, li like, the line. I don't care about... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Daisy's voice sounds like money. Hey guys, uh, do you know what this book's about? I'm Jay Gatsby. I like money. <laughs> why, why are you chasing after Daisy? Money. <laughs> this is the SpongeBob Great Gatsby crossover you didn't know you needed. Jay Gatsby turns to uh, Toby Maguire. <laughs> I forget the main character's name. Nick. Nick. It's Nick Calloway, Nick. right? Mm -hmm. um, he turns to Nick and he's like, you know, Nick, I've really been in love with this Daisy girl for a long time. In a lot of ways, she represents the American dream. <laughs> Dude, if they were really the American dream, it would have been Jack Gatsby and her name would have been Diane. Oh. Am I right, folks? Yeah. Yeah. Just a little Americana for you. No, my defense of Gatsby is mostly that, like, maybe this is a personal thing, but I think a well-written character, regardless of if you get whacked over the head with symbolism, is something that you can relate to in your own flaws and aspirations, regardless of, like, what cheesy plot elements get brought up. I think if you read Gatsby and you don't see some of yourself in Gatsby or some of Gatsby in yourself, I mean, whether it's like um, chasing after stalking a woman for years. <laughs> no, that's what he does. <laughs> I am aware you have to read these people as human. And I'm not, this is not the episode in which I say in which I condone stalking. Buying a house across the bay from her so he could stare at her house that her Look, and her uh, husband live in. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying that we've all felt similar things about 
someone we've been interested in and we all understand chasing desire that will not quench our hearts True. and we all understand okay. the desire of longing and to be known and loved and to throw parties to try and do this <laughs> personally i related to gatsby the most because i too enjoy throwing huge parties dinner parties and inviting people over and just standing in a corner of the room and watching all of them have a good time and smiling that's a thing i do <laughs> it's very good did you see the Boz Lerman Gatsby movie? I have not seen any Gatsby movies. Okay. Well, I think that's the only... I don't know any other... I'm, I'm sure there's another movie adaptation at some point, but they replaced all the jazz music with Jay-Z. Right. That was a weird choice, I think. Not good. I don't think that was the best move. I don't know. I think you, you, should, you should watch it. It's all right. I'm not going to because I know it will suck. It's not bad. But it's, it's okay. I will definitely... I mean, on our side of the internet, there are a lot of Fitzgerald stands. Sure. Leonardo and I will DiCaprio, count myself among him. Leonardo DiCaprio does scream a lot in that movie. A little more than Gatsby does in the book. I <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Gatsby screaming a lot. But... That was back when, like, Leo DiCaprio was trying to yell his way into an Oscar, you know, before he had actually sure. gotten one. But... Well, it worked. Eventually, yeah. Actually, he had to eat raw bison for it to work, but that's another story. <laughs> But we got there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll always defend Gatsby. I think it's good. Fitzgerald also, like, say what you want about the symbolism at times, but uh, his his long, prosaic descriptions are really beautiful. Yeah, fair. I think, like, you know, though, like, I don't know. I'm kind of coming around on the idea of symbolism, like, in my head. Symbolism being, like, just told to you because... I think That's of, fine. Like, I'm okay with it. Have I you heard of, of the Bible? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just like, I think of like old stories, like, uh, like fairy tales and, and, um, like ancient literature and stuff, you know, where it's like, mm -hmm. they just like say things like Dante will be like this sinner in hell was like a farmer who comes and tills his crops and works really hard except for sin. And that's what sin will turn you into. <laughs> it's like, and you're like, got it, Dante. I understand. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> like in the Old Testament when uh, the Israelites would be in Exodus and wandering around the desert and like stuff would happen mm -hmm. and they'd be like, oh, like Moses turned this rock into bread here. And they would be like, so we called this place rock bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, dog, why not? <laughs> I just, I like the one where it's like, <laughs> we called, uh, it's mentioned, it's one of the big, big song, uh, Meribah and Masa. Literally, I think mm -hmm. it's named, uh, don't quote me on this, I might be wrong, but I think it's named after them griping and complaining. Yeah, like I think so. <laughs> like, There's one of them that's like that. Uh, remember when we uh, whined a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you can visit the place of whining. Also, in the Bible, it'd be like, Hey, think we're going to get back into sinning. What does that sound like to you guys? You think I think we should go back to sins? I think we should get back into sinning. And then a prophet would come along and be like, no, no, don't, dog. don't do that. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Uh-uh. You, you should learn this lesson by now. There's so much stuff in the Bible like that. That's just like very silly. If you think about it, like as it is presented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love God putting the rainbow up and being like, look, 
a lot of colors. Shows up after rain. I made a deal with you guys. That's what this is. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen. Thanks, God. <laughs> all right. No more do-overs. All right. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> you guys screw up again. I'm taking this thing out of here. That is a little bit relatable to... Like, do you ever just, like, want to get something perfect so you scrap it and start from the beginning, but then you're like, you know what? It's never going to be perfect anyway. I wish I hadn't scrapped it. Yeah. Not that God ever changes his mind, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, kind of a relatable feeling. (laughs) Like, this time's for real, okay? (laughs) All right, fellas. (laughs) No more. Yeah. But then, like, you know, it is pretty relatable, the feeling of constantly failing to live up to expectations so you know the bible does read pretty true it's great yeah big it. big fans of the bible here big fans of the bible the the podcast. Podcast. i love reading the bible <laughs> big uh, fan of that uh that jesus guy yeah well it's funny because we have stuff like <laughs> place of rock bread and then we also mm-hmm. have like jesus telling these parables and we're like well, it could mean this, but it also could mean that. Mm-hmm. And like the greatest saints in the history of the world have like devoted their lives to one chapter of trying to parse this out. Mm. So we, <laughs> I'll take back the clowning on the symbolism stuff because it does come full circle. <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's good. I think, um, you know, overt symbolism is good. And I think it's just fallen out of fashion. I need more billboards with eyes on them. <laughs> I need more characters saying, gee, this sort of represents this, doesn't it? (laughs) It's good. Well, it's kind of interesting in that sense, because I'll I'll bring up the other one. Have you read Catcher in the Rye? Uh, I actually have not read Catcher in the Rye. Okay, so I won't bring it up then. But there's a lot of people, there's a lot of haters out there. And there are probably some listening to this podcast right now. So let me get this take off real fast. Holden Caulfield. Good. Okay. How did I don't know. I can't back That's up this the take. take. I can't tell if That's this is take. problematic or not. <laughs> no, it's if Holden Caulfield, here's my really spicy take. And I remember saying this because we were having a discussion about it in like senior year high school English and everybody was getting real uppity and they're like, This kid sucks, like he's the worst. And I'm like, if you can't see some of Holden in yourself as an 18 or 17 year old human being, you have an inability <laughs> to do any level of self-reflection because Holden is terrible. That's the point. Everyone in high school is terrible. Mm, I mean, true. Like if you can't acknowledge that, like, Oh, I do some of these things that doesn't make me a bad person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you have a non-Christian worldview, you could think that and then spiral really fast. So I, I won't recommend that, <laughs> but like, being able to say like, oh, I do these things. This person doing these things feels bad to me. Perhaps I should stop doing these things is not a bad thing. Well, I have nothing to add to that except that the classic Green Day song, Who Wrote Holden Caulfield, was actually pretty good. If you're talking, <laughs> you even know they did a song. If you're talking about, about like early '90s pop punk. You could you could do worse. I'm gonna have to listen now. That seems very on brand. Green Day and Holden Caulfield. The concepts together. Sure. I'm in. I guess this is the art episode now. Sure. Um, Do you want to have like a really fiery opinion on art? Yeah. My really fiery opinion on art is that um, whenever someone goes, that's not art. I just say, yes, it is. (laughs) Memes. Memes (laughs) are art, for example. Memes are art. Memes are art. 
podcasts dare i say that's all right art <laughs> we're i'm doing art right now dude we're artists <laughs> many have said <laughs> that we remind them of the great abstract impressionists <laughs> of the 20th century uh latte art is art yeah oh it's gorgeous mm -hmm. i could never do that yeah Tweets i think it's our art the people who say something aren't isn't art is usually the kind of person who is like super invested in a particular form of art and they don't want to like have something else encroach on them i think like a famous example is well i mean i think there were people in like the 1920s saying that like film could never be art because it was new and it didn't seem like in its early form movies didn't really have a lot to say sure know? so the idea that that could become an art form was like no 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 of course not but now of course like movies are like one of the most popular art forms in the world so yeah i just i think some people who have a refusal to call some things art are the people that think that art is like necessarily a good designation mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't and that's be, just yeah. not true there can be I mean, bad art <laughs> yeah i mean that's fine <laughs> there should be bad art <laughs> yeah like i think my brain just froze Go ahead. Um, there can be bad art. Oh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> also, another thing is that not all art has to be... I think art kind of gives it this designation that it has, like, really rich meaning. Or, you mm -hmm. know, like... I don't... Art doesn't have to be deep or complex in order to be art. Or yeah, even be good. I think... No. It should be generally at some level evocative evocative of what i don't care well i mean yeah you're not someone's not going to create something unless there's like an inspiration right so i feel like if you're actually making art it should be evocative because you're trying to evoke something right either in yourself or in the viewer and either way i think that's fine this is my favorite argument for like dumb modern art that people like to take a dump on on sure. the internet that's like one square and everyone's like, oh, this is so dumb. Like, there's no feeling. Like, there's no meaning. It didn't make me feel anything. It made you feel mad. <laughs> that's true. Are you actually. not going to tell me that's not evocative? Yeah. That's, that's art. I've actually never heard that take. <laughs> that's a Hunter Lanceman original. I mean, buddy, if you're pissed off, that art made you feel something. Yeah. That means it's art. Let me say, like, not to get off on a tangent, but. No, please. You don't have to be skilled to make good art. Technically no. skilled, I mean. I think you have to have skill at making art, if that makes sense, in order for your art to be like liked or well-received. But it doesn't have to be technically skilled. Like, yeah. you know, John Lennon said a bunch of stupid stuff. We all know that John Lennon, historically, said a lot of dumb things. But one thing he did say that I kind of like was he said, I don't play tuba, but if you give me tuba, I can create art. Because I'm an artist. And I think that's like, I don't know. That's an interesting perspective. I like that. Yeah. No, it's good. I just like, I don't have time to get mad at art. <laughs> yeah. And this is one of the other things that like, uh, I am bad at suspending that like ability for the source material to affect me in musicals sometimes, but I have no problem doing that in art. Like very easy for me to see something and like feel affected by it. Well, musicals are art, so... They are. 
They absolutely are. And they might, I might think some of them are bad art. I don't, but I could, and it wouldn't matter. So I don't know. People, here's the, here's the thing at the end of the day, I'm planting my flag on team. Let people enjoy things. Sure. You know, let people enjoy, uh, if someone genuinely enjoys something that you think is objectively terrible, you don't have to tell them. No. I mean, here's here are the times that you should tell them if they are your good friend and the thing they are enjoying is objectively, actively harming them physically, emotionally, spiritually, and they don't see it or refuse to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. That's the time you can tell them about it. But otherwise, just be nice. And it's also okay to have opinions that are, this thing is good or this thing is not good. That's fine. Yeah. If a friend comes to you and they they cannot stop talking about a movie they saw and it's becoming like dominant in all conversations and you're you're like getting tired of it, you can you can tell them actually. You can, punch them. You could you can oh, slug yeah. them. Right in the face. Just just sucker punch him. <laughs> sucker punch your friends. Oh gosh, my friend is coming up to talk about the hangover two again. Hey, so you know in the hangover two and you're like, hi, what's that behind you? They turn, just sock them. Bam. Oldest trick in the book. If you punch them hard enough and in the right place, they might completely forget about the source material. They might literally think that the hangover went from one to three. Like <laughs> It would be beautiful. No, just <laughs> be nice to people. Yeah, I don't know. Like, something doesn't have to be for you. And you don't have to comment on everything. And we've talked about this a million times because we're on Twitter. So also we have a podcast where we comment on everything. So <laughs> this is our general disclaimer is that we don't know anything. We're very dumb and our opinions are rarely backed up by fact. So if you disagree, you're probably right. <laughs> I was trying to think of what controversial, the most controversial thing I could say, but I have nothing probably for the best. I mean, in the words of John Lennon, it's okay to leave your dog in a hot car. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I mean we have to qualify that of course there's a very there's a very funny short youtube video <laughs> that makes up the premise that just, john lennon has written a song called it's okay to leave your dog in a hot car just put that in the show notes you don't have to explain i'm it gonna anymore. link it yeah just watch it if you want <laughs> no we're not serious <laughs> as john lennon once said Oh, look at the funny way I'm walking, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that seems like no better place than to end it right there. So do you have any closing thoughts? Um, My closing thought is Independence Day is art. Beautiful. That's a movie. And in the movie, the president gives a speech as they're about to attack some aliens. And um, when I when I saw it as a teenager, I was like, "That's really cool." And when I saw it now, I said, "That's really stupid." But <laughs> it's art, and you can't deny it. Amen. My closing thought is that sports are art, even if you hate them. It's true. It is true. Sports are, in fact, art. That's life. You gotta live with it. Well, 
How do we close? Usually I forget. I think we just go into the outro. By now you've heard last week's episode where we gave instructions on how to write into the podcast. If you write us an email to terminallychillpod at gmail.com and include a section where you tell us what you want us to read on air, we'll do our best as long as it's fairly short and not morally repugnant. Amen. You can find us on Twitter at tchillpod. And folks, happy new year. Hey, 2021. It was really hard for me to say that. 2021. This is the year. This is our year. This is the year that Terminally Chill enters the new and noteworthy list on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) This is the year that (laughs) I quit my job (laughs) and uh, make money off this podcast full time. So... Hey, from your lips to our listeners' wallets, <laughs> from all of us here at Terminally Chill, I'm Hunter. I'm Matthew. Adios. Bye.